What up everybody, it's Dan Greer with Leading from the Middle of the Pack, and today we're going to be chatting a little bit about using stories to get other people to listen and learn from you, and teaching with stories, that's the big thing that we're going to be talking about today, and so um, I'm going to cue up the theme song and we'll be right back in just a minute. The big question is this, how are leaders like us, who aren't necessarily in a management position, who go out and get our hands dirty, who are ready to answer their calling from God to lead, who are driven to learn and grow, gain the trust and respect of those around us, to actually be heard while not coming across as an authoritative prick? These are the questions, and this is the podcast that will give you the answers. Hi, my name is Dan Greer, and welcome to Leading from the Middle of the Pack. Awesome! So glad that you guys are still here. First off, I want to start off by just saying thanks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. Thanks for giving us your time. I don't take it lightly that you invest your time in listening to this and that I'm grateful that you're here for this. And, and a lot of times you might be listening to some of these and being going, Dan, I really love the content, but I'm not sure how this leads to being a leader. Um, you don't always come back and combine everything into leading from the middle of the pack or how it comes from leading when you're not in charge. But if you look at every single topic that we've talked about in the past, and, and I don't necessarily tie them to leading, but they're all part of leadership. They're all part of learning to lead others. They're all part of that um, growth phase and everything that comes with that. And so um, if you're thinking that, I apologize that I haven't done a very good job of communicating that. But I promise you that if you use every single one of the tactics that we talk about within leadership, that they are leadership tactics and they do help you move to that next stage um, in, in leading others. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about teaching with stories and using stories to get people to learn and listen to you. And, and stories are, they've been around forever. And if you know how to tell a great story, it keeps you riveted. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. We all know that we've had those stories that have just been those, those people that are just phenomenal storytellers. And they, they go to, they start to tell a story and we just sit down and we listen because we're so enthralled. We're so excited to be there. We're so excited to learn from them. And there's and, and like we're just excited to hear their story because they're such great storytellers, right? Think um well, think think about I'm trying to think of the right one to name here who's timeless at the moment. So um man, there's just so many good storytellers in the world, and I could probably name off about 20 of them, but I don't wanna I don't wanna like Date this information because there's a lot of lot of people that are going to come up that'll even be better storytellers. But my the the thing with a great story is is that it teaches others. And every great teacher in the world has used stories to teach. And this goes all the way back to the times of Jesus. Jesus used stories to teach. He taught in parables. Everything he taught was in parables. He didn't come out and just say, "Hey, you know, you just you need to not lie. You need to not steal. And you need to not cheat." I'm not saying he didn't say those things, but he told them in stories so that you could understand. And do you know why he did it in stories? Do you know why stories are so big? Because stories give you something relatable. They grab your attention, they bring you in, and they make you want to listen. Not only that, is it makes your mind figure out what the storyteller is trying to teach you which then in turn makes you remember it even more. And that's one of the things that like as many of the conferences that I've been to, as many of the sales presentations that I've seen, as many of the, the 
things that I've heard on storytelling. I've never heard anybody talk about that aspect of it is that when you tell a story, your mind is subconsciously reeling through the entire story trying to figure out what is a storyteller trying to get me to figure out? That's, that's what your mind is trying to figure out. That's what it's trying to think. It's trying to come to that conclusion. C- can I get there before he, the storyteller gets there? Can I figure it out before the storyteller tells me what he's wanting me to learn? Can I do that? And the answer to that is, is 99% of the time, you bet your butt you can do that. You bet that you can, your mind can figure that out. And that's what makes you such a great storyteller is if somebody can figure out what you're trying to teach them without giving them the moral of it. Without coming out and say, this is what the story's all about. Don't you get this? Are you getting this? Right? And so that's, that's what I want you to think about today as we go through this and as we're talking about stories is how can you teach in stories and, and where can you teach in stories. And so I use stories to teach all the time. You may not realize it, but I have used at least one story in every single podcast episode here. In each of my blogs... Uh, probably not from the very beginning because I didn't write in stories to begin with because I, I didn't have that knowledge yet. But I teach with stories. I use stories to teach, right? In the last podcast, I talked about a, a guy with the name of Rooster, right? And how we worked through it. I also told a story about a flight attendant. And if we go back a few more stories, uh, a few more podcasts, I told you some stories about you know some trips that I've been on. And, and some things that I've been through with, like, getting my pilot's license. Like, they've all been stories that have a point that help you learn them. And you're going to see the more podcasts I do, depending on where you're listening to this podcast at. Like, if you're, and if you're listening to it as they're, as they're being recorded, awesome, good for you. I am so glad that you're here. But I also know that 99% of people aren't going to listen to them as they're recorded. They're going to listen to them later. They're going <laughs> to... Usually the way it works is like, especially for me, is I don't find a good TV show until it's in season seven or eight or three or four. And so I understand that, uh, then I'll go back and watch from the beginning because I enjoy it. But I understand that most people don't find stuff in the very beginning and stick with it. But if you're here right now, awesome. If you're re-listening to this because I asked you to go back and listen to the first podcast and move forward, then good for you too. I'm glad that you're here. Um, But you'll notice that my stories probably get better the longer these podcasts go on. And I'm going to tell you my evil creativeness behind this is that part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast and why I started it when I did was because I wanted to get better at telling stories. And I wanted to get better at teaching with stories because I'm a phenomenal teacher at teaching the tactics. But I'm not a great teacher at teaching through stories all the time. Now, I've got great stories to teach with. Don't get me wrong. And the stories I use probably have some really good meanings to them. But I wanted to get better at it. I wanted to hone the craft because if... If I want to be on a stage selling in front of 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 people and doing a four-day four day workshop with them for that many people, I need to be good at telling stories. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing this is so I can hone this craft because I literally want to have a live event that has 15,000 people at it in the next 15 years and I want to be able to do a sales presentation and I want to close half that room on something throughout those four days that I bring up at one point or another, okay? That's my evil genius behind this. That's, <laughs> that's my self-motivation. And if that scares you from listening to these podcasts, then great. I, I don't really care because that's 
what I'm doing it for. That's why I'm here. I'm also here to share knowledge. I'm also here to get better at something. And I feel like if you want to get better at something, you have to, you have to be willing to step out on a limb and do it. But let's get back into the meat of what we're here to talk about today. And that's all about storytelling and how to tell good stories. And so have you ever noticed every movie has about the same plot? And, and well, I shouldn't say the same plot. They have the same framework that they follow. And they actually call it the hero's journey. And there are several books on it. And I can't tell you the authors of the books. But um, because I don't know them, that's why I can't tell them to you. I don't have them on the top of my head. But if you, if you look it up, there's several of the hero's journeys. And it talks about, really about the journey that the hero goes on from, like, there's disbelief. There's, there's not claiming it. There's claiming it. There's claiming their, their destiny. And then there's the change that happens. But then there's the real change that happens afterwards. And that's what every good story has. Every good story has some drama in it. Would you watch a movie where the dude finds a girl, falls in love with a the girl, they get married, they have kids, nothing goes wrong? Probably not, right? There's no drama. There's nothing that keeps you enthralled. There's nothing that keeps you close. There's nothing that keeps you invested in the movie. But would you watch a movie where the dad is kidnapped and the government and he works for the government. He's, he's, he's a scientist for the government. He has massive knowledge when it comes to that. And so the government sends in a, a super buff dude to be the babysitter, the nanny, while the mom goes and tries to figure out how to get the dad out of this predicament because the government needs her to go do some passwords and stuff like that and get into some stuff and figure it out. And, and in the end the kids end up saving the well the bodyguard hates kids to begin with and then in the end the kid he ends up liking liking kids and marrying somebody that works at the school and has kids of their own and he ends up saving the kids from precarious death even though in the beginning they he hates them with a passion right doesn't like kids at all he's just doing his job well that movie is called the pacifier by Vin D and it's got Vin Diesel in it and i know i didn't do a great job explaining it but it makes you a little bit more excited right because there's there's some situations in there okay what about a movie of a kid who is supposed to be, uh, or a story, this was actually a book first, and then it was turned into a movie, but what about a story of a kid who lives with his aunt and uncle, and uh, because his mom and dad died, and then they don't treat him very well, and then this hero comes in and says, hey, you're going to come with me to this amazing new school, and uh, you're this wizard. Right? I bet you know what I'm talking about now. You might not have known a minute ago, but I bet you do now. And then he, the kid doesn't accept that he's a wizard. And then the kid accepts that he's a wizard as soon as his guide, Hagrid, shows up and guides him through it, guides him to Hogwarts. And then the change is he leaves his aunt and uncles and goes to Hogwarts and becomes a wizard. But the real change that happens in that movie is that Harry, Harry Potter, if you haven't figured it out yet, defeats his defeats Professor Quarrel, who, has Vol who is hosting Voldemort. And the real change is not that he defeats him. The real change is who Harry becomes when he defeats him. Does that make sense? Like, he goes through a bunch of ups and downs. And that movie and that book series would have been extremely boring if it would have been like, hey, you're a wizard. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then he went and learned some magic and flew on a broomstick and... Defeated Quarrel, Professor Quarrel, who, whatever. 
And uh, yeah, right? He didn't meet any friends along the way. He didn't have anybody that helped him get there. And so what I really want you to do is I want you to think about how good are your stories? Are they good or are they kind of lame, the ones that you use to teach with? And how can you make them better? Now, don't embellish them. Don't change them. But how can you get into some of the details to make these even better? Because there are some phenomenal, phenomenal stories out there. And you've already had some phenomenal things happen in your life that are going to help you build this great story. And, and stories don't just need a beginning, a middle, and an end. They need, they need some action. They need some drama. They need some suspense. They need to have people wondering and guessing what's going to happen. And the first time that you watched Harry Potter, the first time you read the book, did you think Professor Quirrell was hosting Voldemort? Did you know it? Did you? I didn't. No, because they led you to believe, they wanted you to believe that Professor Snape was doing it, right? They made him evil. They made Snape evil throughout the entire book series until the very last book. They didn't really make him evil, but they made you wonder, is he good or is he bad throughout the entire series? He was the unsung hero slash villain of the series, right? And your stories can tie together the same way. So let's, let's pause for a second here and let's think about a good story. So we've talked about Harry Potter, and Harry Potter is a huge one because it's so big and so many people know about it. Did you, uh, this is just a fun fact, did you realize that J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter, was a welfare mom when she started writing the books? She was living on welfare. She was uh, raising her kids on welfare. That's, that was the truth. Did you also know that she was the first author that's a billionaire from being an author? Yes, with a B. She changed her entire life by writing her kids a story. Right? Stories make people listen. Stories make your mind engage. Stories help you grow. And they help you get to some of those next stages in life that, that, you, that you may not see otherwise. Right? And being able to teach with stories is huge. And so the one thing that I've got to say is this. And, and, and if you watch me, you're going to see more of this. You're going to see more stories. You're going to see more, more written stories. You're going to see more, more spoken stories. You're going to see more teaching with stories. Because I know that stories are the way to teach. So in order to really teach this topic, I need to tell you a story. <laughs> right? A story in a, in a podcast about stories. And it'll tell you why it's so important to teach with stories. So... I was sitting, well, let, let's, let's reverse. Let's go back just a little bit. I had found this, I'd seen this Facebook ad by Dean Graziosi and Russell and, uh, and Tony, Tony Robbins. And I was sitting on my bed and I was scrolling through them and this Facebook ad caught my eye and it, it was all about the Knowledge Broker Blueprint and they had a free webinar that they wanted me to join and jump on. And so I signed up for this webinar, and I was unsure whether I was going to go or not, but we were getting ready to start a business. We were thinking about starting a business, and I wasn't sure that I was going to go to this webinar. I hadn't decided, hadn't made that decision, hadn't, hadn't figured out whether I really wanted to go to it or not, whether it was really going to be worth my time to go check it out. So as I sat there, I asked my wife about it, and Jenna and I chatted a little bit about it, and she said, it's free. What's it going to hurt? Go. And so I went, I got, I jumped on the webinar. And I listened to it, and I watched it with her, and I played all in, and I did exactly what they told me to do when they told me to do it. 
And uh, it came time at the end where they sold something. But the one thing that you need to know is as they were going through this presentation, at the time I was following Jenna Kuchar, and I don't know if you know who Jenna Kuchar is, but she's a, an influencer, and, uh, and she started off as a photographer, and then she made some courses, and she's uh, very happy with this, the business she's created. And it's not exactly a tiny business, but it's not exactly a huge business. She has a great team, and she loves what she does. Um, and she's part of the reason why I jumped on the webinar is because I was following her. And they had introduced this guy. His name was Russell Brunson, and he was just, I don't know, he looked like he was about 15, 16 years old. He looked really young for what he was. Ends up he was in his 30s, uh, <laughs> late 30s at the time. But anyways, they, uh, they introduced him, and he came on, and he told this story about building a potato gun and then launching this software called ClickFunnels. And it's like, what in the world is all this? doesn't make any sense. But he did, he did a, he really drew me closer to him as I was listening to him. And I thought, oh man, that guy's pretty neat. Then at the end of the presentation, they offered, they made an offer. And their offer was is that they wanted you to buy into their course. And their course was like $2,600 or $2,499 or something like that is what it cost. And, uh, and I talked to Jen and I really struggled to make that decision. But we finally, after gritting our teeth and, and talking it over for hours and hours and going back and forth, she convinced me that I needed to buy into this course. So I bought into the course and I went through it, all of it, 100% of it. I got through it all without any issues. Then at the end of it, I came back and I said, man, who was that guy that was talking with them on the, pre on the webinar? Who was that guy? What the heck was his name? And so I looked it up and I found out his name was Russell Brunson. So I looked him up and I was like, man, he's got a podcast. So I started listening to a podcast called The Marketing Secrets. And then I was like, man, he's got some books. So then I went through and I got a couple of his books. And I read the first book and I was like, oh, man, okay, well, this is good, right? Then after I got his books, I got this email that says, hey, we're having this live event. It's called Funnel Hacking Live. It's in September. Tickets are on sale now. They're cheap. Get them. And I was like, hmm, going to go to Orlando maybe. That would be fun. Can I afford to buy a five, $600 ticket? Can I afford to buy a $600 ticket plus a flight plus hotel for this? Oh, man, I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought about it. And finally, Jenna convinced me to buy the ticket and to get the plane tickets and to get the hotel room. So I did. And I show up for the first day of Funnel Hacking Live, and I don't know what to expect. I go to the registration booth, and I get signed in. It's all digital and electronic. I use a tablet to sign in. I'm like, man, this is wicked cool. And then kind of see everybody else signing in, and there's supposed to be 3,000 people at this event. And I'm like, oh, man, 3,000 people, 3,500 people here. This is going to be crazy, crazy. And so I show up the first day, and I'm nervous. I'm in this big group. There's like 3,000 people waiting. I'm super, super crazy nervous. And uh, as I... As I wait in line, I kind of walk around and I find a spot that's less crowded and I walk over and there's this lady standing there next to where I'm standing at this door and everybody else is at a different door and we're kind of standing by this one and I'm thinking we're going to be at the back of the room. And I'm like, oh, well, a seat's a seat. I'm not going to stress about where I sit. It doesn't matter. I don't care. It's just a seat. I'm going to get the same amount no matter where I sit. Well, when they open the door, everybody started running in as fast as they could to get the best seats in the house. And I was like, okay, well, okay. Ends up, we were right next to the door that opened to the stage 
we had got lucked out and came down to the door that was close to the stage. And so I walked up pretty much right next to the stage and sat down. I was like four rows from the stage. Very blessed to have that seat. Looked around and saw everybody was there. And I was like, man, these people are crazy. What's everybody doing here? Holy cow, what am I doing here? This is nuts. And I just started to get overwhelmed. Well, then Russell Brunson came out on stage. Well, they had this MC, uh, Devon Brown, came out on stage and he's super high energy and we're it's like a rock show in there and it's a lot of fun and I'm enjoying every second of it and a little nervous while I'm sitting there I can feel this in my stomach I can feel the nerves in my stomach kind of building up and anyways I sit there and I said I said okay I'm gonna get up I'm gonna dance around they're, they're doing some dancing I'm gonna do it I'm gonna I'm gonna get up so I got up and I started doing it I started playing all in and then this guy named Russell Brunson the guy who I was there to, to meet came out on stage and uh and he started telling, he started teaching, he started getting right into it. He thanked everybody for being there, and he started teaching his topic, and he taught it, and he used like four or five stories when he taught it, and it was so exciting, and he got him, and everybody stood up and clapped and cheered, and, and he was done, and then they brought the next speaker on stage, there were four days of this rock show, it was awesome, it was phenomenal. Well, I learned a lot during that thing, and I ended up taking a notebook full of notes. I took like over 40 pages of handwritten notes. And what I learned was that I couldn't read my handwriting. <laughs> that was one of the things I learned. The other thing I learned was that every day I would go back to my hotel room in the evening when we get done at 7, 8 o'clock at night, and I would recap my day. I would go through the notes that were the most exciting the big takeaways, and I wrote a whole page on just the big takeaways every day, or two pages, or whatever. I went through them all. I did this every single day that I was there. And what I learned from all this was, was that it pays to invest in yourself. But if I would have never taken the opportunity to invest a little bit of money into that course, I would have never known what I know today on marketing. What's even crazier is that I didn't have any clue that I was marketing, even though I was marketing before. I was going through all of the things and I was doing it all good, but I wasn't doing it perfect. And so I had to learn how to do it better. And now what I've found, because of the fact that I've divulged myself in this world of marketing, because I understand marketing, because I get it, because I'm growing at it, because I'm getting better every single day, what I've learned is, and what I've seen is, the true transformation that came to me is that others are coming to me and they're saying, dude, you've got this figured out. Help me. I will pay you to help me figure this out. Help me. What can you do to help me market? And so my business has gone from a DOT consulting business to a business consulting business where we can help with more. We can help you grow. We can do things for you. We can get you going in the right direction. And so... I would have never had that opportunity. I would have never learned that had I never taken the chance to invest in myself, had I never got out of my comfort zone and went to that live event of that kid, right? That <laughs> look, He's 40, but that kid, Russell Brunson, right? If I would have never taken the opportunity to learn from him, if I would have never figured out, never jumped out of my comfort zone to get there, I would have never, I would never be where I am today. Now, I'm going to pause for a second because that was, that was a long-winded story. And some of it was probably pretty boring. And you're like, Dan, that story's kind of lame. I'm not going to learn anything from that. But what were the key points of that story? As we go back and kind of recap them, what were the key points of that story? 
I recapped them all at the very end, whether you realized it or not, as we were chatting about it. The key points were is that I was uncomfortable. It takes uncomfortableness to grow. You have to step out of your comfort zone to grow. You have to find a guide to lead you where you want to go. And that guide has to be somebody who's ahead of where you're at. It can't be somebody who's behind where you're at. It's somebody who's successful. You have to be willing to do things nobody else is willing to do in order to succeed. Right? And then the last one is, is that even though you show up for reason A, it might be reason B or C or D that you're really there. Because I went to that, I went to that one thing where I got introduced to Russell Brunson, that one webinar where I got introduced to him because of Jenna Kuchar. Now I don't even follow Jenna Kuchar anymore because I am shooting ahead of where she is. Her and I, our values don't 100% align. We don't necessarily see eye to eye, and so I have no need to follow her. I'm not saying she doesn't give great information. What I'm saying is, is that I showed up for her. I ended up going through and learning from and grabbing on to Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson from that, from her. Right? That's how she introduced me to them, and so I'm grateful for that. Do you see how the story helps teach you that stuff? Do you see how you, your mind is trying to think while you're listening to that story? You're trying to grab. Your mind is literally trying to grab the keys from it. It's trying to say, okay, what am I supposed to be learning? What am I supposed to be getting out of this? And as you teach, you want to teach with stories. And everything that you do is teaching. If you're talking to your kids, you're teaching, and you want to teach with stories, okay? And if you're teaching your employees or your team, then you want to teach with stories. And I'm not saying that it all has to be stories, but if I go and I tell you a story about how I got out of a ticket because of the way I, I did load secure, or the way I dealt with people, then it's going to stick about how to deal with people a lot more than if I just go, yep, you just got to do this. Right? And so, you guys, my entire point of all this is, and I know that today was probably a little bit long-winded, and there, and there were some stories in there, but I want you to listen to a few things in it. If you go back and listen to the podcast episode, I, I would highly encourage that. But listen to the voice, listen to the tone, listen to the way that it was told, listen to the talking. And I'm not saying the story was perfect because this is the first time I've ever told that story. But I'm not saying the story is perfect. What I'm saying is, is like, listen to the speed that I talk. And if I want you to get excited, I'm talking faster and I'm talking louder and I'm getting more excited myself. And if I want you to pause for a second, I pause. I slow down my speech. My tone goes a little bit lower because I want you to think about what I'm saying. Do you get it? Do you see how, how telling stories is every part of your body? Tony Robbins talks about how the biggest thing in, in communication is not the words you say. It's not the actions that you have. It's your physiology. It's the way you look. It's the way you act. It's the way you present yourself. If you're slouched over, looking at the floor, it's really hard to be excited. I don't even know that I could do it right now. But if I'm looking up, and I take a deep breath, and I'm ready to go, and I can get excited really easy, and I can hold my shoulders up, and my stomach's in, and my chest is out, and I'm, I'm just excited to be here because my physiology says I'm excited. I'm not depressed. And so when you tell stories, you have to get yourself into the right state in order to tell those stories properly. And you got to learn how to control your tone and your speed and your voice and your volume, and all that is so important as you tell stories and as you speak. And when you speak... When you speak at events, speak through stories. Don't be afraid to explain your story because Jesus did that with the disciples. He would go in and say, don't you understand? This is what this means. And you're welcome to do that. But 
let them ruminate on the story for a second before you tell them what it means. Let them try to figure it out. All right, guys, that's it. Hope you had a great day. I hope you're enjoying this. I appreciate your time. Appreciate you guys jumping in here. And uh, if you could do me one small favor, I would just like for you to snap a selfie of this, share it on social media, and uh, be like, dude, just checking out this new Leading from the Middle of the Pack podcast, and tag me in it. I would love it if you would tag me in it. Um, at the real Dan Greer, and um, also on Facebook and Instagram on LinkedIn, you can find me, Daniel Greer. All right, guys, hope you have a great day. We'll chat soon. Later.